Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and it is Thursday night. It's five o'clock. We got a really exciting game tonight between Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. I covered that game last night, so you can check that out. We also have the start sit charts available if you need help on those questions. But for now, I'm going to spend the next maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes going over all of the noon games uh, on Sunday this week. It looks like we got eight games. Uh, so we're going to hop right into the fantasyfellowship.com. Uh, we're going to be looking at the start sit charts. So if you're new to the fantasyfellowship.com, just on the homepage here, you can actually go ahead and click on the week five start sit charts. And then uh, I try to I try to put out all my Thursday night content on Wednesday. That's when I'll do the, the Thursday night football video. Uh, so I got all that information out there. But for now, we're looking at the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, this is going to be a good game to watch for fantasy points. I think if you're new to the fellowship, I try to put fantasy points allowed uh, by position down here so you kind of tell, you know, which teams to target and stuff. And the ones that I highlight green are defenses that we want to target. So it looks like the Falcons are allowing the most points in fantasy football to the quarterback position at 32 and a half. And that's with four point passing touchdowns. So the Falcons defense really banged up. We really want to target them in the passing game. Uh, so I love Teddy Bridgewater this weekend. The Falcons are also pretty generous against the running backs here, almost 30 points per game. Uh, the receivers, that kind of correlates with the, the quarterback points here. They're 23rd, almost 40 points a game to wideouts. And then the tight to the tight ends, we saw what Robert Tanyan did to these guys on Monday Night Football. They're allowing 27.2 points per game. So basically, at the moment right now, you want to start everybody against the Falcons. The Panthers actually have a pretty solid defense for fantasy points allowed. Uh, and the main one you want to target here is the running backs at 37.3. They give up the second, you know, most amount of points to the, yeah, what's up, Andrew? Fire them cannons. Go Buccaneers tonight. So we'll see how Tom Brady and those guys can do it. But thanks for hanging out and watching the show, dude. Uh, but for now, we're just talking about the Panthers and the Falcons. So on the start sit charts, I got Teddy Bridgewater ranked as a quarterback one. We see the Falcons are allowing the most points to quarterbacks. So if you're in a position where you've got any of these guys that have like, you know, one of the COVID games that might be canceled or moved, or if you're starting a guy like tonight, like Tom Brady, I might even advise benching Brady for Teddy Bridgewater or some of those other quarterbacks that are fringe quarterback ones. I really like Teddy Bridgewater and you might be able to get him off the waiver wire. So if we like Teddy Bridgewater, we're going to love his receivers. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, both those guys should be in your lineup. And Mike Davis, we're not sure how long Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for yet. Uh, but I, Mike Davis is getting this game, and when he plays, he's been an RB1 so far. So continue starting Davis, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. These guys are inner lineups. And then I kind of like Curtis Samuel here as a low-end wide receiver three flex. He's been getting some good opportunities with the rushing attempts and the passing attempts. So on my opportunity report that I put out last week, we're going to see Curtis Samuel here, 47% of the snaps. Two attempts for negative three yards, but he did get four targets, three catches, 51 yards. And this was a game where the Carolina Panthers were in the lead for most of the part. So they didn't have to really step on the gas and, and throw the ball a ton. So we, this is probably a floor game. Curtis Samuel's been probably about eight to 10 points for the most part in PPR league. So I like his floor. I think he's got a good chance to, you know, make a boom play against this troubled secondary here. So I'm kind of interested there. Uh, and then there's really nobody else here. Seth Roberts, Ian Thomas, Chris Manhurts, really nobody else. I'll keep an eye on Ian Thomas, though. He did catch the touchdown last weekend. But go ahead and start your Panthers. This is kind of an obvious one here. And then on the Atlanta Falcons side, you got Matt Ryan, quarterback one. Uh, we highlighted that the Panthers, I mean, they're giving up the fifth least amount of points to quarterbacks at about 15 per game. Panthers are allowing uh, almost 32 per game to the wide receiver groups. And then a really low number here, below 10 points per game to the tight ends. 
So I'm kind of not excited about the passing game, uh, but maybe we're into Todd Gurley. We saw him score two touchdowns the other night against Green Bay. So you're getting Todd Gurley in your lineup. I think Calvin Ridley's healthy. We're not sure about Julio Jones. Uh, let's check out those practice reports real quick for Atlanta. Uh, so Julio Jones here, he did not practice today or yesterday. He's questionable with the hamstring. I'm going forward assuming that uh, Julio Jones is not playing. And then if we look at Calvin Ridley here, he's questionable with a thigh. I like how he's a, he was able to play all last week. I know he didn't get a catch for us, uh, but he's limited this weekend. So I think Calvin Ridley is going to be the wide receiver one this weekend. So you're starting Calvin Ridley. And then I'm just looking around for any other receivers or, or running backs here. The, off, the offensive side of the ball looks like it's going to be fairly healthy, just maybe no Julio. Um, so if Julio can't go, we're interested in guys like Russell Gage, Olamide Zacchaeus. And then if we look at the opportunity report, uh, basically, they gave us what they're going to do without Julio Jones. You see Olamide Zacchaeus, he's a second-year receiver, 53 snaps last weekend. He led the receivers in snaps, nine targets. Again, he led the team in, in targets and snaps, and then receptions, too, with eight catches for 86 yards. Olamide is one of those guys where if you have Julio Jones, you could snag him onto the end of your bench. And if we see Julio Jones is indeed out, I wouldn't mind plugging uh, Zacchaeus into my wide receiver three flex spot. Russell Gage, it's nice to see that he was up there in snaps, but the three targets, two catches, 22 yards, makes me a little bit more shy to put him out there. But I think he can be a wide receiver three flex for you, uh, especially, I mean, if Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley was really benefiting from Julio Jones being on the field. And now that he's kind of getting wide receiver one treatment, this might actually make Matt Ryan more open to throwing to Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus a little bit more. So I kind of like all three receivers in play here. And then Hayden Hurst, just because he's on the field a lot, he got six targets, four catches, 51 yards. Uh, the bar is so low for starting tight ends, where if you can get nine points from a tight end, uh, Hayden Hurst probably has a 50-50 shot at a touchdown in this one. So uh, I feel pretty confident saying you can start Hayden Hurst as your tight end one. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. We're kind of just keeping an eye on Brian Hill, Edo Smith. If anything happens to Todd Gurley, we're interested in those backup running backs. And then because Julio was out, they gave this Christian Blake a lot of run. Uh, on Monday Night Football. So I'm just kind of keeping tabs on him. But overall, uh, we might see, I mean, the, the Panthers, man, they're only allowing 15 points per game to the quarterbacks, and everything's going to the running backs here. Uh, so I think Todd Gurley is probably the safest play to score a touchdown this week, and we'll see if Matt Ryan can get, you know, the Falcons, they need a win, man. They need a win to save their season, to save their coach. So we'll see how much fight they have in this one. It's at home. Uh, if they lose this one, I mean, man, there's going to be a lot of thinking about, uh, where they're going with their head coach and things going forward. So uh, go with that what you will. Uh, the Bills and Titans, we're going to be kind of quick on this one because this one's really fishy. We don't know if this game's going to be played or not. Uh, and then we did just see that Adam Humphreys is on the COVID list and Corey Davis is on the COVID list. Uh, amongst, I think there was 23 total players are listed on the COVID list. Um, essentially, the Titans would have to have nobody test uh, positive tomorrow, which is Friday. They'd have to have another no positive day on Saturday. I think they need two no positive days just for them to get back into the building on Sunday to be able to practice and then maybe play on Monday or Tuesday. So it, there's a lot, it's a huge moving piece. So I think I'm just going to be kind of quick with this one. I'm hoping they can play. Uh, but then the weird part too is the Bills play on Thursday night football against the Chiefs. And there's talks about uh, if this Bills Titans game gets moved to Monday or Tuesday, they're going to have to bounce. Kansas City and in Buffalo maybe to Saturday night next weekend and maybe we just don't get a Thursday night football game. So a lot of moving pieces here. It's going to be interesting to see how the NFL uh, responds to see if how the Titans can recover in the next couple days. Uh, but if this game go hasn't go goes forward, we're going to start Josh Allen, of course. 
you're starting Stefan Diggs. Those guys are locks. They're, they're pretty much step in step as uh, must start players going forward. Uh, Devin Singletary, I like Devin Singletary as a low end RB2. Uh, we still don't know if Zach Moss is going to play or not. So if, especially if Zach Moss is out, you got to get Singletary in the lineup. Uh, but the one guy to keep an eye on here is it looks like John Brown. He tweaked his his calf again in practice today. He, there was a video of him making a catch, and he kind of pulled up lame. So he got a limited practice in today. I don't know if he finished practice, uh, but we don't like that it was a do not practice Wednesday. And maybe that's just a rest day. He got a limited day in today, but he looked he looked pretty dinged up after that one catch on the video. So uh, keep an eye on John Brown's report if he goes. I mean, he's just a wide receiver three flex. Uh, I am looking for Cole Beasley here. It looks like Cole Beasley logged a full practice. I know he had some kind of injury uh, the last couple of weeks, but if John Brown's out, I think you got Cole Beasley becomes a must start almost. So just keep an eye on these John Brown tabs. If John Brown goes ahead and plays, he's kind of a, I'm probably going to move him down to this flex position. He's a wide receiver three flex at best. Uh, and then I think Cole Beasley needs to be in our lineups. I mean, this Bills defense or the Bills offense is rolling right now. You want to be attached to Josh Allen and all those touchdowns that they're they're putting themselves in the red zone and just good opportunities to score points. So I like Cole Beasley as a PPR flex. Uh, and then really nobody else can be trusted. I guess if John Brown is indeed out, Gabriel Davis, a low-end bench stash that you could maybe whip out there as a what-the-heck flex kind of player. Um, let's take a look at the opportunity report from last week's games. So Allen, he threw the ball 34 times. Uh, we saw St Stephon Diggs, seven targets. John Brown, five targets. Gabriel Davis, only one target, but it was for a touchdown. Uh, and then Isaiah McKenzie, one target. Cole Beasley, four targets. Tight ends combined for six targets down here. Uh, but it, 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 it's all going to run through Stephon Diggs, John Brown. And because Cole Beasley got hurt in this one, that's why we saw more snaps for Gabe Davis. Uh, but again, I mean, this Buffalo offense, you want to be attached to it. So I'm keeping an eye on Dawson Knox. Josh Allen's been meshing really well with the tight ends. Uh, so it doesn't really help us for fantasy that they're kind of trading off, but Knox is healthy. Uh, I'll keep an eye on him and maybe he can be a streamer, streamer for us going forward. And then, yeah, we're just going to have to monitor the status of Zach Moss. It looks like he's been limited with that toe injury. Maybe they hold him out this weekend and think about, you know, getting him ready for Kansas City. So that's pretty much it for the Buffalo side. Um, I didn't cover this. Um, Fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position here. Buffalo's allowing almost 20 points per game to the quarterbacks. Uh, that's the 20th most, I believe. Or they rank 20th out of 32. So they're in the back half of uh, points against quarterbacks. They're actually really solid against the running backs here, just under 22 points per game. But they allow a lot of points to receivers, allow a lot of points to tight ends here. So you see a lot of green marks here, a lot of green rankings. So this could be a really good fantasy points game for everybody. Uh, on the Titan side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill is going to be a quarterback two. Um, quarterback one streamer, I feel best with him, with him as a quarterback two flex or super flex. And then you got Derrick Henry. He's plugged into your lineup. Um, we did see A.J. Brown. I don't think he practiced. Well, the Titans just aren't practicing today. Um, but they're putting out practice reports. So he's been limited with knee injuries, uh, that bruised knee that he's got. So if he can play, you're probably going to get want to get John Brown in there. Like we said, Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis are both not playing this one because they're on the COVID list. Um, so they're down a lot of weapons. This makes me like John Smith. I think if you have John Smith, he's a must start tight end one. Hopefully AJ Brown can go. He's going to get in our lineups. And then the guy to keep an eye on is this Khalif Raymond. He's a, he's kind of a vertical deep threat. He's a, he's a slim, you know, fast receiver that Ryan Tannehill has shown some good connection with. Uh, so if you're desperate and you need someone, Khalif Raymond could be an option, but then they, we just got a, a couple bunch guys here. Cameron Batson's going to get a lot of snaps at receiver because these two guys are out. Jeremy McNichols and Darrington Evans are the backups. Uh, so it's pretty simple, straightforward for this game. 
but hopefully they can play it, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, we're going to start with the quarterback in, or I guess the fantasy points allowed to the positions here. Uh, the Raiders are playing pretty good ball on defense right now. They're allowing 17.3 fantasy points per game. That's the 12th uh, least in the league. Raiders do allow a ton of running back points here, the most in the league in PPR formats, 38 points per game. Uh, again, that's the most in the league to the position. The Raiders' secondary is actually playing pretty well. They're allowing only 34 points per game uh, to the receivers and 6.4 to the tight end, so that's third best. Uh, so it looks like the Raiders actually have a pretty good passing defense this year. It's a funnel to the running back. So, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is looking really good this weekend. I think he's probably the – one of the guys that I'm willing to get in almost all my DFS lineups this weekend, you got to follow that green, the green rankings here of 32nd points per game. And then on the chief side of things, uh, I forgot to write the rankings here, but I think the chiefs are like second or maybe they're fourth against the quarterback here, only allowing 15 and a half points per game, uh, middle of the road against running backs at about 24. Uh, they are the best team against the receivers, only 25.6 points per game. And then they're pretty solid against tight ends under 11 points per game. Uh, so with that all said, Derek Carr, he's just going to be a low-end quarterback, too, in Superflex leagues. You're starting Josh Jacobs for sure. You're starting Darren Waller. Uh, the questions begin with Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, and maybe Henry Ruggs. It looked like – was he back in practice today? Let's look at these reports real quick. So they, this is a huge list. Uh, Brian Edwards is probably not going to play, so he's still, he's still not practicing. Uh, it looks like Henry Ruggs was a full practice today. So I think I get to move Henry Ruggs up into the flex spot. So I think Henry Ruggs is going to play. That might make me move Nelson Aguilar down a little bit. Uh, but I like Hunter Renfro as a low-end wide receiver three in flex you know, territory. And then if Ruggs plays and you and you, you got the Ruggs, man, the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs secondary, as we see here, they allow the least amount of points to the receiver position. So I might even actually move Hunter Renfro and, and all the receivers off the list just to – I mean, the numbers are hard to argue with. The Chiefs aren't allowing a lot of quarterback points, um, and they're pretty good against tight ends. So I think it's really just Carr, Jacobs, and Waller just banging on those guys. And uh, let's let's watch and see what Ruggs can do before we let him in our lineup against the best secondary uh, against you know fantasy receivers so far. So on the Chiefs side, it's, Chiefs are one of the most basic uh, fantasy uh, outlooks you can project Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback one Clyde Edwards-Alaire he might be the RB1 this week of all the running backs Tyreek Hill's in your lineup Travis Kelsey's in your lineup and I think Sammy Watkins needs to you know be he needs to be locked in as a wide receiver three I think uh, let's take a look at the reports last weekend in their game against the Patriots so Sammy Watkins 82 percent of the snaps seven targets four catches 43 yards this is pretty much where he's been at all season, you know, seven to eight targets, four or five catches. Um, so I know it's a this is a low game, 8.3 points, but uh, he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's a wide receiver three flex. And then Miko Hardman, we liked what we we got from him last weekend. He's out snapping Demarcus Robinson now, 46% to 41. Uh, four targets to Demarcus's zero. And then he caught four for four, 27 yards and a touchdown. Uh, maybe we see Miko Hardman get deep a little bit and see what can happen there. Uh, and then just on our bench, Daryl Williams, Demarcus Robinson, Darwin Thompson. We can't trust any of these guys. Uh, but man, this is a—I mean, this is the—I think the first NFC West game for both of these teams. It should be a really fun game. And uh, I don't know. Start Clyde Edwards and uh, probably get him in DFS a bunch of times. Uh, the Cardinals and the Jets. I don't really want to talk too much about this one. We'll just cover over the fantasy points uh, allowed per game here. Uh, the things that stick out: the Cardinals are allowing the 
I mean, the 24th in scoring here, about 30 fantasy points per game to the running back. The Jets are even worse. They're allowing 30 points per game to the running back. So I kind of like all the running backs in this game. And then I guess on the, the strong defensive sides, uh, the Cardinals aren't allowing a lot of receiver fantasy points. And the Jets are actually solid against the receivers as well. Uh, and for some reason, the Jets are good against quarterbacks. I think that's just because teams are running the ball on them. So uh, we're going to want to target, I guess, the running backs here. So you're starting Kyler Murray for sure. You're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Those guys are locked in, no question. Uh, but then Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I think both guys I have as RB2 flexes. Uh, they're they're basically, I think, RB37 and RB38 on the year, which is a little frustrating for Kenyon Drake owners. Uh, but if you have these guys, they're getting a really juicy matchup here. Again, the, the Jets are allowing 30 fantasy points to the running back position. So maybe that's 18 for Drake and 12 to Edmonds this week, if that's how it's going to go. Uh, but either way, I like the Cardinals' ability to be able to move the ball with running backs and Hopkins. I don't feel comfortable starting Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, or the tight end, or Isabella yet. Um, so this is a pretty easy funnel offense for us on fantasy. Murray, Hopkins, uh, you got to keep rolling with Drake. If, he, if Drake can't get it done in this game, then we'll start to worry about it. Uh, but you spent a second-round pick on Kenyon Drake. I think you got to keep going back to the well, and uh, we'll reevaluate next weekend. But uh, we like what we see from if you're if you have Chase Edmonds on your bench, he might be a RB2 flex option for you this weekend. Uh, 37% of the snaps last weekend, which is low, uh, but they're giving him he got six total touches last weekend with four attempts, six targets. He caught five of those balls four twenty four yards and the touchdown. So he's kind of like a very boom bust flex. Uh, but again, we like the, the Jets here, 30 points per game to the running back. And then on the Jets side, I mean, Joe Flacco's going to be the quarterback here. The, the, the Cardinals are decent against the quarterback room. Joe Flacco's not getting 19.4 points. Uh, but I do like Le'Veon Bell in this one. He can be your, your RB2 flex in PPR leagues. Uh, Jamison Crowder can be a wide receiver three flex in PPR leagues. And because it's Joe Flacco, you know, we think about Joe Flacco and what he's been able to do with, you know, the Ravens and a little bit with the Broncos. But he's, he's pretty good against, you know, throwing to the tight end. So maybe this is the game that Chris Herndon kind of gets right. I have him here as a tight end one. I don't know if I trust it. I mean, it's a really ballsy move to start Chris Herndon after what he's done so far this year through four games. But Joe Flacco's always been really consistent with his hitting his tight ends. Uh, so maybe we see Chris Herndon spike back up to six or seven targets. Uh, I'm not sure his, you know, his future value going to be with Sam Darnold. But if you're in a pinch and you need to start a tight end this week, Chris Herndon could be your guy. And then uh, Chris Hogan, Frank Gore, Jeff Smith, we're kind of just avoiding the Jets. Uh, I really don't expect this game to be a must-watch game for me on the noon slate. The one game that I do like a lot is going to be this Eagles-Steelers battle for Pennsylvania game. Uh, so let's take a look at their fantasy points allowed here. Uh, pretty good defenses here against the quarterbacks and the running backs. Uh, the Steelers, because they're so good against, you know, the stuffing to run, teams have been kind of forced to throw on them. So they are 26th tier against the pass, uh, two receivers allowing 41.2 points per game. Uh, the Eagles are kind of middle of the road here at almost 38 points. Uh, but the Eagles do allow a lot of tight end points here. So I kind of really like Eric Ebron in a spot start this weekend. Uh, if he's available in your league, I think Eric Ebron's probably one of my favorite streaming tight ends of the week. And then the Steelers on the other side here, they're very good against tight ends. So I'm a little a little bit, just lower your expectations for Zach Ertz just a little bit. Um, so I guess on the Eagles side as a whole, we're looking at Carson Wentz here. He's probably just a low-end quarterback too. I don't feel comfortable whipping him out there as my quarterback one. We see the Steelers here are, they're the seventh best against quarterbacks, allowing 16 and a half points per game, basically. 
Uh, Miles Sanders, he's you drafted Miles Sanders with a first round pick or a second round pick probably. So you got to put him out there as your RB two. But we do see here, man, the Steelers. Uh, we saw what they did to Saquon Barkley and a couple of the other, you know, really good running backs. Only 16 points per game to the running backs. We'll see what Sanders can do, but you gotta, you basically gotta start him as your RB two. Uh, you have Zach Ertz; he's got to stay in your lineup. And then we're gonna see what Greg Ward and Deshaun Jackson can do. We do see that the Steelers allow they allow receiver points. So whether that's it looks like Deshaun Jackson's gonna play. Let's just check out his practice report today, real quick. Deshaun Jackson questionable with a hamstring, but he's logged two limited days. So he's trending in the right direction. He could be a, a boom a boom bust wide receiver three flex. And then if you're if you're really desperate, Greg Ward can be your wide receiver three flex just on volume alone because he's going to lead the team in snaps uh, at the position. And then if Alshon Jeffrey, I've been kind of saying this for the last couple of weeks, if Alshon Jeffrey is out there on your waiver wire, you can add him to your free agent list. Um, and if you have an IR spot, if I don't think he's going to play this weekend. He does have a small chance. Let's just look at him real quick. Alshon Jeffrey, he's been limited on Wednesday. He did not practice today. So if they list him out, you can slide him into the IR spot and then you get another free pickup. So I've been kind of holding him on my team on the bottom of my bench uh, just because this team needs receiver help. And maybe next weekend he suits up and we'll see what happens. Uh, but we're not really interested in John Hightower, Boston Scott, Richard Rogers, Travis Fulgham. I can probably put on the list too. Um, but it's the Steelers side of the ball where I think I'm most excited about. Ben Roethlisberger can be your quarterback one. Uh, the Eagles are okay against the, the quarterback spot here. So somewhere 17, 20 points, maybe that's Ben Roethlisberger's spot this week. Uh, James Conner, uh, you're starting him as your RB1-2, whatever uh, whatever your, your draft build was. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's in your lineup. Deontay Johnson's in your lineup. We do see that the Eagles do give up a good amount of points here, almost 38 points per game to the receiver spots. And then again, I mentioned Eric Ebron, the Eagles, man. Uh, they, we saw what, what they just let George Kittle do. I know that's probably skewing this number just a little bit, but I like Eric Ebron. Uh, again, Eric Ebron scored a touchdown in week three. I think he caught four or five balls for about 60 yards in that game too. Uh, so go ahead and start all these guys. It's pretty simple for Pittsburgh's side of the ball. And then we're, I think you got to keep starting the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And then uh, we'll monitor Chase Claypool, James Washington. Uh, and then I guess the last piece of thing I want to talk about with the Steelers is this backup running back situation. If you are a James Conner owner, uh, we saw how valuable Benny Snell was as soon as Conner went down. But it looks like Anthony McFarlane is starting to gain some steam as the next man up. Um, so if you have an open roster spot, I'm really open to adding Anthony McFarland to the end of your bench. Uh, I think he had six carries and 40-some yards last weekend. He looked really good doing it. I think he had a couple catches too. So uh, keep an eye on Anthony McFarland in this one. And again, especially if you're the James Conner owner and you want to just get ahead of the handcuff situation. And I mean, especially now that the Steelers have their bye week out of the way. Uh, I mean, they're going to be playing the rest of the way. And it's almost it's almost a guaranteed thing that James Conner is going to get dinged and nicked up at some point. So uh, for me, I'm ranking Anthony McFarland ahead of Benny Snell in terms of handcuffs. Uh, the Rams and Washington. So let's take a look at their fantasy points allowed here. What sticks out? Uh, you're going to want to start quarterbacks against Washington. You're going to want to start tight ends about, against both teams. And then they're pretty solid against running backs and receivers. So we're going to target both tight ends here. And then uh, the quarterbacks are probably going to be decent. So I've got Jared Goff as a quarterback too. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you kind of have to keep starting them even in tough matchups as your wide receiver two, three, whatever it is. And then uh, we hinted down here, the Rams are the Washington football team, uh, 27th against the tight end, 18.7 points. Uh, you're going to fire up Tyler Higby for, for sure. But now we're getting interested here in this running back situation because, I mean, Sean McVay kind of 
pulled a fast one on us last weekend. Everyone thought Daryl Henderson was going to be the, the, the big guy going forward, uh, but we saw Malcolm Brown kind of take the load and get the snaps and the touches. Uh, so that was a little bit frustrating. I have both guys listed as low-end RB2 flexes. I don't really trust either guy this weekend, so I get it if you want to bench them. Uh, there might be a guy with higher PPR upside on your team that might be making more sense. Uh, so they're just kind of flex question marks for me at the moment. You can go ahead and start the the Rams defense going up against Kyle Allen. Uh, and then Cam Akers, monitor him. I think he's been practicing this weekend. He might be returning. Let's see here. Cam Akers, he got a limited practice in today with his ribs. Uh, so, man, if, if Cam Akers plays, I really don't like Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson. So keep an eye on the practice reports for Akers. Uh, and then this is probably going to be a full-blown three-way committee going forward as long as all those guys are healthy. So it's a mess at the running back position here. So just comfortably start Higby, Woods, Cup, and then Goff as your quarterback too in Superflex Leagues. On the Washington football side, man, Kyle Allen uh, getting a start over Dwayne Haskins. I feel bad for Dwayne. He didn't really get a – in my opinion, he didn't really get a fair chance to, to succeed. You know, he's had – two coaches and then the one interim coaches. So he's been through three head coaches in just a year and a half. Um, he's really only had Terry McLaurin to throw the ball to the, the team just hasn't really, you know, helped support a healthy uh, team for Dwayne Haskins. So we're going to see what Kyle Allen can do. If you remember what Kyle Allen did last year with the Panthers, he made DJ Moore a fringe wide receiver one. He made Christian McCaffrey catch over hundred passes. So maybe this is a good thing for Antonio Gibson. Maybe this is a good thing for Terry McLaurin. So these two guys, I'm pretty comfortable uh, getting in my lineup. I don't think there's a lot of mouths to feed here. So it's going to be funneled to Gibson, funneled to McLaurin. Uh, we did say here that the, the Rams are not the best against tight end, allowing 14 and a half points per game to the tight end. So if you're desperate, I'm willing to, to try Logan Thomas one more time. We'll see what Kyle Allen can do for Logan Thomas. Maybe that changes things a little bit. Um, and then I did notice J.D. McKissick last weekend. He did get He got a lot of run last weekend against the Ravens, and he actually produced enough points to be thinking about in PPR leagues. So he actually outsnapped Antonio Gibson, two rushing attempts, which is low, but we see eight targets, seven catches and 40 yards. So that's, you know, 11.6 PPR points. That's, you know, that's, you have to think about it as your RB2 if you're in danger there. So uh, keep an eye on McKissick. I have him listed here as an RB2 flex. And then no thanks, Dontrell Hinman, Isaiah Wright, Peyton Barber. We're not interested. Uh, definitely don't really care too much to watch this game. We'll see what Gibson and McLaurin can do with Kyle Allen. Uh, but Overall, not the most exciting game of the weekend. Uh, this Bengals-Ravens game, though, might be one of my favorite games to keep an eye on at noon. I hope it's one of the CBS games on you know live television because I really want to watch Burrow versus Lamar. Uh, a couple house housekeeping things to get out of the way first. Uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced in two straight days. Let's see here. Where is he? Did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice today with his knee injury. Hopefully they're just being cautious with him. Uh, he Hopefully he can log a limited day tomorrow. We'll see if he can go through walkthroughs on Saturday, but definitely keep an eye on the Lamar Jackson situation. Uh, but still for now, he's a quarterback one as long as he's going to play. Uh, you're going to start Marquise Brown as a wide receiver three flex. You're starting Mark Andrews, of course. And then the running backs, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. If we like the Ravens to be able to control this game, against the suspect Bengals defense. That means there should be running opportunities. Mark Ingram, he's kind of a roll the dice guy. Hopefully get a touchdown. You know, the playing time is basically divided in three between Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards. So it's a little risky to start all these guys. Uh, but again, I really like J.K. Dobbins' talent. It feels like we're going to see him bust a big play one of these days. And against the Bengals defense, I mean, it could happen. 
as we see here in the fantasy points allowed grouping here, uh, the Bengals do allow a healthy amount of points to the running backs, about 26 per game. Uh, and they're pretty solid against the rest of the, the positions here. But then the Ravens on the Ravens side of the ball, I mean, they're allowing 21 points per game to the quarterbacks. They're allowing 15 points almost to the tight ends. And then they're just kind of middle of the field against running backs and receivers. So, uh, I mean, if you have to put, put Mark Ingram in there as your RB2 uh, flex, I think that's fine. It doesn't feel great, but you're just hoping for a touchdown there. And then with J.K. Dobbins, you're hoping for four or five carries and, you know, three or four catches. So these are kind of low-end plays at best. Uh, but, yeah, I feel good about the Ravens' defense here. We'll see what they can do against Burrow. Uh, but it's all about Lamar, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. And we, we kind of need just – I don't want to wish injury or anything, but we need some clarity in this running backfield because it's kind of a mess. If we look at the opportunity report from last week. So against Washington football team, Gus Edwards led the team in snaps, 39%. J.K. Dobbins, 37%. Mark Ingram only in on 14 snaps for 25%. Uh, that's nine attempts for Gus, five attempts for J.K. Dobbins, and only eight attempts for Mark Ingram. So, I mean, I get it if you if you don't feel comfortable starting any of these guys. I think I kind of want to just wait and see what happens in, in more games and, until there's clarity there. On the Bengals side of the ball, uh, Joe Burrow, RB or quarterback two in Superflex leagues. Now that we saw what Joe Mixon can do, he's back to your RB1, RB2 must start every week. And Tyler Boyd, man, he's looking really good. He's almost a fringe wide receiver one for me. He's a, I mean, lock him in as your wide receiver two. He's playing great. Uh, and then T Higgins, uh, I'm going to recommend T Higgins over AJ Green this weekend. If you do have T, uh, T Higgins, try to find uh, a way to get him in your lineup. He was on the field for 57% of the snaps last weekend. They gave him a rushing a rushing attempt, which is nice. And then he out-targeted A.J. Green. Seven targets, four catches, 77 yards. Uh, second on the team in targets. So this is a really encouraging sign. The rookie has been steady ramping up his, his workload each and every week. And uh, he looks fun, man. I, I mean, he's, he's kind of got like a Cortland Sutton-ness uh, to his game. He's a really good go up and get it receiver, contested catches, and he's always got you know deep vertical uh, speed to his game. So I like what T. Higgins can do. Try to find a way to get him in your lineups. I think we're done with AJ Green. I mean, if you have AJ Green, I mean you can't trade him. You, you, you're asking yourself if you have to cut him. I just I don't feel comfortable saying to start AJ Green. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on Drew Sample. I don't know if I want to start him this weekend, but we do see here the Ravens are allowing about 15 points per game to the tight end spot. So um, if you're desperate for a tight end one streamer, maybe Drew Sample's hanging around your wire. Uh, he could be a possible guy. I think he scored like seven and a half PPR points last week. Uh, and then, yeah, no A.J. Green, no Auden Tate, no Gio Bernard. Just kind of stay away from these guys. Uh, trust in Burrow's connection with Boyd and Higgins. And we'll see what Joe Mixon can do. Uh, fun game, though. We'll see how good Joe Burrow can uh, can be against this good Ravens defense. We'll see if Lamar Jackson can play. And uh, AFC South game or AFC North game, those games are always fun and tough to watch. So enjoy that game. The Jaguars and the Texans game. First game without Bill O'Brien. Let's see what happens. Excited to see how this one unfolds. Uh, let's talk about the fantasy points allowed. This is our last game of the podcast, too. So if you have any questions... Uh, let me know. I will be covering the the remaining four. I think there's six games left to talk about on the slate. That's going to be tomorrow. I'm probably going to be going live, maybe 5:36. I don't know yet. We'll see. But definitely tomorrow evening, I'll be talking about that. Uh, but back to the Jaguars and the Texans from a fantasy points allowed points perspective here. Jaguars are going to want to target their defense. They're giving up a lot of points to the quarterback, a lot to the running back here, about 31 and a half, and then a lot to the tight end, 16 and a half. They're actually decent against the receivers. 
uh, but they've been allowing tight ends to go hard and they've been allowing running backs to go. Um, and then on the Texans side of the ball, I mean, teams are just running the ball on them. I think they've given up the most rushing yards in the league so far. And they're pretty solid against other teams. They're kind of just middle of the field or middle of the road average against the rest of the positions. Um, so on the Jaguars side of things, Minshew, quarterback two in super flex leagues, I think you got to start James Robinson. He's an RB1 for me this weekend. I just want to pull up the stats here uh, and see just how much the Texans are allowing on the ground here. If we filter here by yards allowed, uh, you see the Texans. Yeah, that's correct. Against the running back, they're allowing the most yards you know, on the season, 651 yards in four games. That's, that's pretty outrageous. Uh, so teams are just gashing them. They've allowed six rushing touchdowns. Uh, so James Robinson's looking like a smash play this weekend. He's probably going to be in a lot of my DFS lineups. So make sure you get him in your lineup this week. Uh, DJ Chark, he's a must-start in your lineup this weekend. And really the only questions are going to be LaVisca Chenault or Keelan Cole. I think both guys have you know low-end wide receiver three um, kind of flex PPR plays. So I'm just looking back here for the Jaguar stats from last weekend. Uh, so Keelan Cole, he's on the field a lot, 74% of the snaps, five targets, four catches, 46 yards. This is kind of a floor game. I think you can, you can pretty much pencil him in for this amount of points every weekend. Uh, and then, I mean, I think he's had the first two weekends where he scored touchdowns. So maybe he finds the end zone in this one. So that looks like, you know, four for 15, a touchdown. Uh, but I think you can feel comfortable about eight to 10 points there as a floor. And then LaVisca Chenault, he had the best receiving game of his career. Only one attempt, but we see six targets, five catches. And then he got deep a little bit here for 86 yards. Uh, so that's a pretty nice uh, day for a wide receiver three there. Uh, so I expect LaVisca Chenault's confidence and his, his opportunities to continue to grow. Uh, so I'm open to him as your wide receiver three flex. Uh, Tyler Eifert keeps getting the targets, but they're, they're just not converting. So I'm keeping an eye on Tyler Eifert. Keep, if he keeps getting six to seven targets, eventually those are going to start hitting. So just monitor Tyler Eifert's usage this weekend. Uh, but then, yeah, we're not interested in Chris Conley. Chris Thompson, what the hell, man? Uh, no stats last weekend for us. So pretty simple on the Jaguar side. On the Texans side, man, Bill O'Brien's out of the picture. Uh, I don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be because I think Romeo Cornell is, you know, all defense. So we'll see if this offense just basically says, hey, Deshaun, what do you want to do? What do you like? Uh, and then we start to see this offense evolve a little bit, get more creative. So, uh, again, we highlighted here the Jaguars. They give up a lot of points in the quarterback, the running back, and the tight end. Receivers, are the Jaguars are decent against them, but I think we can target them this weekend. Uh, so Deshaun Watson, quarterback one. David Johnson's going to be an RB2. Uh, like we said here, a lot of points to the running backs by the Jaguars. Uh, Will Fuller, he's healthy. You start him while you got him kind of thing. And then we get into a lot of questions here. Uh, I, I like Jordan Aikens, the tight end there. He's their best pass-catching tight end. He had a concussion that knocked him out of the game last weekend. Uh, but we saw him return to practice this week. Uh, so I'm keeping an eye on him if you're a desperate situation for tight end. Jordan, Aker, Jordan Aikens could be the guy to keep an eye on. And, I mean, especially because Bill O'Brien's out of the picture, we really don't know what this offense is going to look like. So maybe we see them, you know, get the ball out more to these, these wide receiver weapons and the tight ends more involved. Uh, so Randall Cobb, wide receiver, three flex. Duke Johnson, I think he had – what did Duke Johnson have last weekend? So it was Duke Johnson's first game back from injury. And he logged 38% of the snaps, five rushing attempts, four targets, three catches, 21 yards. Uh, so what's that, 45 yards and three catches? That's seven and a half points. If you're desperate for running back, you know, PPR points, that could be something there to keep an eye on. Uh, so I would say make Duke, make sure Duke Johnson's not available on your waiver wire because if anything happens to David Johnson, you're looking at a pretty nice uh, PPR day for Duke here. 
And then uh, the receiver positions, we're going to see Brandon Cooks led the team in snaps, but only three targets, zero reception. So I'm not feeling great about getting Cooks in my lineup. He's just too boom bust and hard to trust. Uh, but Randall Cobb seeing a steady, you know, five, six targets per game. He only had 5.6 PPR points. Uh, so I get it if you don't want to start Cooks or Cobb. You want to kind of just wait and see what this offense looks like. Uh, so Will Fuller, David Johnson, Deshaun Watson, these are the, really the only must starts of the group here. And then keep an eye on the tight end situation. If Jordan Akins can't go this weekend, if he's not cleared, you know, concussion protocol, uh, you're going to see Darren Fells uh, log a lot of snaps and maybe get four or five targets. And he's kind of the guy that gets the touchdowns around there. So keep an eye on the tight end situation. But overall, this is going to be I'm, – I'm excited about the Jaguars-Texan game just because Minshew's fun to watch. James Robinson's been a good story so far. DJ Chark is back. And then, then we got this huge question mark about the Texans and how that offense is going to look without Bill O'Brien. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of interesting noon games here. Um, again, that's pretty much it for the, the podcast here. Uh, we got about not, maybe an hour and a half, maybe hour 45 minutes until the, the Bucks-Bears game tonight. Uh, but again, tomorrow I'm going to be I'm going to be covering over the Sunday afternoon games. I'll talk about the Sunday night game as well as the Monday night football game. Uh, if you're new to the Fantasy Fellowship, you enjoy the video, uh, like the video, leave a comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you prefer to listen on podcasting platforms, you can find us on Apple, Spotify. Just you know, search the Fantasy Fellowship and uh, find us there. But yeah, man, FantasyFellowship.com. We got the start sit charts rolling. I put up my waiver wire column every week. Uh, and then the opportunity report, which shows you all of the snaps and the touches, is super helpful. I think this is the one document that I wish more people would look at um, of mine going forward. So I'm going to keep pumping this one whenever I can. But uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's uh, noon game podcast. If you enjoyed the show, uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll see you in another video. Thanks. Peace.